0: children of god who gives us the privilege to come and offer our gifts to him gifts of praise and song and worship and also our gifts of our monetary possessions to him be the glory and praise forever and ever amen the word of god for our meditation is recorded in paul's letter to the philippians the last verse of which i will read to our god and father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. Dear children of God, John in his gospel tells us that from the fullness of God's grace we have all received blessing upon blessing. Our God blesses us so much so that We don't even begin to count them because we aren't able to. Oh yes, we can number some of them, but they are so vast and numerous and so wonderful that we can't help but praise and glorify our God for what he has given to us. So as this word of God tells us, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. This is the third sermon in a series which is emphasizing our joyful response to the generosity of our Lord and our God who has blessed us with so many blessings. This is the third in a series of sermons that talks about our response with our monetary possessions, the gifts that God has given to us so that we as faithful stewards can use them for his glory and praise. I know that there are times when a person will say, well, all the church ever preaches about is money. That's all I hear about. Well, that's not really what these sermons are about. These sermons are about praising our Lord Jesus Christ and giving Him glory and honor, that we in joyful response show Him our thanks since He has been so kind and gracious to us. How do we respond? Well, how do we respond when we stop and think about the fact that Jesus gave His life for us? the most precious thing that anyone could ever imagine. Or as we many times hear when we're talking about our servants who protect us, namely the police in our country, or those who protect us in one of the five branches of our military, we say they gave the ultimate sacrifice. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. So that we eventually could have eternal life through faith in Him. And how do we respond? To what extent do we respond to God's graciousness? Well, it's kind of all easy for the people in the Old Testament to respond because God told them very specifically how much they were supposed to give to Him. Whether they did or not, that's another question. Because as we heard earlier from the reading in Malachi, they did not give the tithe. God said, I want you to give 10% of what I give to you. God commanded them to do that. Now I'm going to say that again. God commanded them to give 10% of what I give you. And I want to place the emphasis on God saying, what I give you. Ultimately, everything that we have, including our life, is what God gives to us. And he, in turn, is saying, out of thanksgiving, give some back. For the Old Testament people, it was easy. Ten percent, well, if I sell ten head of livestock, I'll give one of that back to my Lord. If I get a hundred bushels of grain from my crops, well, I'll give ten of those bushels back to the Lord. But in the New Testament times, God didn't say give ten percent. He says... I want you to look into your hearts. I want you to examine your hearts, and as you examine your hearts, then respond. That makes it a little harder. And what do we find when we look into our hearts? Well, we're going to find a certain degree of selfishness, certainly greed and covetousness, Our hearts aren't always overwhelming with joyful generosity in our offerings to the Lord. And yet, on the other hand, as we look into our hearts, we see, yes, I do want to respond to God's kindness and graciousness. I want to respond in a very wonderful way as a child of God. In fact, I want to give Him everything yet our Lord doesn't expect us to give him everything because, except our hearts. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You see, he also wants us to take care of our families. He wants us to support our government through our taxes. And certainly there are the needy that also need our help. So how do we respond? Well, as we look at this Word of God for our meditation, we're going to consider that thought of joyfully responding to God's graciousness to us. And we're going to see that, in the first place, it's a blessing for the church when we do that. And secondly, there is a blessing for us also that what's your greatest treasure what's the most valuable thing that you have we sing in the hymn Jesus priceless treasure and certainly I would hope that he would be the most valuable possession that we have because he is you see without him we wouldn't have eternal life. Through Him we have the forgiveness of sins. Through Him we have the confidence of being able to come to our Heavenly Father, knowing that, through Jesus Christ, He looks upon us with favor and showers us with, oh, so many different kinds of blessings. Yes, Jesus is our greatest treasure. And as such, we can come to our God and say, well, dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for these many blessings that you give to us. But it's hard at times to do that, to give him thanks. I mentioned the reason why, because of what we have in our hearts. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, talked about the Philippians And talking about the Philippians, he said, "...their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity." That wasn't the case at Corinth. Corinth was a wealthy congregation. It was a seaport. Commerce was there. Philippi, that wasn't the case. They were a poor congregation. And yet, when you compare the two, the generosity of the Philippians was just overwhelming. And Paul praised and glorified the congregation at Philippi for that, giving thanks to God and giving glory to God the Father. Paul also says on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. now He's writing that to the Corinthians, the congregation that was very wealthy but had difficulty in expressing their joy. Sometimes we have difficulty in doing that because we don't have a plan. How do I go about doing this? Well, Paul gave them a plan. On the first day of the week, set aside a certain amount amount that you've determined in your own heart to give, and then you set that aside for the Lord. Make a plan. Some people have made a plan to read their Bibles, get through it in a year. It's possible. Real easy. But you've got to have a Plan. First of all, you've got to decide when you want to do this. Maybe early in the morning, first thing right away, or maybe in the evening, when there aren't a lot of distractions, when you don't have to think about getting a lot of things done. And where are you going to do this? A place where there's quiet, where you won't be disturbed. And also, what are you going to read? And by that Obviously the Bible, but are you going to start with Mark, the shortest of the Gospels? Or maybe you're going to start in the Old Testament with Genesis. Please, please don't start at Genesis and read all the way through Malachi and then start at Matthew and read all the way through Revelation. There's better ways of reading your Bible than in that manner. So how are you going to do it? Make a plan. But the devil doesn't want you to enjoy God's love letters to you. He doesn't want you to have that pleasure, that satisfaction, that assurance that you're his child. And he's going to try to disrupt your reading of the Bible. And throw all kinds of distractions into your life. And in a very similar way, the devil's going to want to try to rob you of the joy of bringing your offerings to the Lord. The devil's going to try to make it so that it's a burden, something that, well, I suppose I'm going to have to do this. After all, God commands me to do it. And all of a sudden, what happens to all the joy? It's gone. We again look at this word of God. Paul tells the congregation at Philippi, it was good for you to share in my troubles. You Philippians know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia Not one church shared with me in the manner of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desired your gifts, what I desired is that more be credited to your account. He praised and glorified the congregation at Philippi for what they had done. And yes, they could be proud of what they were doing. But they did that on a regular basis, again and again. And so our Lord would come to us and say, Yeah, on a regular basis. Think of God's blessings for a moment. We kind of take them for granted. But on a regular basis, he gives us again and again. We didn't get to see it, but the sun rose this morning. I don't think any of you, when you went to bed last night, said, Dear Lord, please make it so that the sun rises. It just happens again and again. I don't know how often you say, Dear Lord, thank you for having forgiven all my sins but it happens it happens again and again I'm sure that many of you say the Lord's Prayer on a daily basis Lord forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us it's something that we might take for granted because we've heard about it so frequently what a blessing that God gives us the forgiveness of sins every day, every hour, every minute we have his forgiveness. And even every second, that umbrella of forgiveness covers us. Our Lord wants us to realize that we are his children, and he gives us that blessing all the time. How do we respond to that. How do we thank our God for his kindness and goodness and graciousness? Well, the congregation at Philippi they gave their offerings to Paul so that, so that Paul could dedicate more of his time to preaching the gospel which he was not ashamed of and which he knew was the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. Paul, on occasion, made tents. He did that so that he would have food to eat and clothes to wear. That was part of his income at times. But so that the church might be blessed, the congregation at Philippi also supported Paul so that he could dedicate more of his time to telling other people about the wonderful love of our Lord and Savior Jesus. So because of their joyful generosity, which was regular and intended for Paul and the church, the church was blessed. But they also were blessed, blessed by the Lord. Again, we look at this word of God Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God." The congregation at Philippi was blessed because of their offering to the Lord. Their offering is talked about as being a fragrant offering, something with with which God, their Father, was pleased. Picture it this way, if you would. It's a time of year when we exchange Christmas gifts. Sometimes your grandma... Will get something for the grandchildren. And a couple weeks after the grandchildren receive those gifts, mom and dad will say to the grandchildren, Send grandma a thank you. And the cards vary according to the individual talents of the little children. Sometimes they'll put thank you, but it's misspelled because, I mean, how do you spell thank you? T-A-N-K-U Just a U, not a Y-O-U Well, okay A little child might do it that way And maybe there's going to be stick figures On the front of that card Thank you, Grandma And Grandma is so proud And so happy To receive That thanks And she takes those cards And puts them on the refrigerator With a magnet later on, other people will come and look at those and say, wow, nice. And then when the grandkids come and look and say, wow, grandma put my card on her refrigerator. Well, you know as well as I do that God doesn't have a refrigerator in heaven, that he takes our thanks and puts them on the refrigerator, but <clears throat> he greatly appreciates our thanks. And he blesses us. He blesses us beyond even measure that we can think of. I can't help but think about the people that Malachi went and spoke to. Their offerings, they weren't what they should have been. But remember what God said to them through Malachi? I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out to you such blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God in turn promises that he will bless us. Now please, don't do like some people do. And this again shows the sinfulness of man's heart. They'll look at these words from Malachi and they'll say, Well, God promises us to bless me, so I'm going to give him 10% of my income, the blessings that he gives to me, so that I can even get more blessings from God. That's selfishness sinful selfishness. And there are some people who think that way. Rather, may our offerings to our God, which are sweet-smelling, which He so greatly appreciates, be out of the generosity of our hearts. And may those offerings be joyful offerings. And ultimately, Remember what this is all about. This isn't about, really, about what we do for God and our offerings to God. It's really not what this sermon is about. Again, the last verse of our text. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.